Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, and I am your host today to take your questions and answer your prayer requests. I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range here in Colorado. It is truly a privilege to be able to be with you today on this beautiful day uh, here in uh, what is now sunny uh, Colorado. Uh, was a little bit uh, gray and snowy earlier today, but it's uh, turned out to be a beautiful day. Hey, I also want to welcome our listeners on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Also, Truth FM, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. You are hearing this broadcast on the East Coast there on a one week delay. Um, but we are still here to take your calls. So I just want to encourage you, make sure that you uh, give us a call, send us a text message. We would love to be able to answer your prayer requests, your questions, uh, and be able to talk with you as well. And you have the added bonus of uh, hearing yourself next week on the radio as well. Uh, also, I want to welcome all of our listeners online, uh, people listening through the website, also through the Grace FM app. Welcome. We would love to hear for, from you no matter where you're at, across the country, and even around the world. We have uh, some people listening in uh, Thailand right now, and uh, we got blips across uh, all of our uh, all of the United States, and also uh, we've got some listeners in Ukraine as well. So, hey, welcome. We're so glad you're listening in. It's great to be able to connect with you. What a cool thing that we can use technology like this to be able to connect around uh, not only the state, but the country and, and even the world. What a, what a cool thing. Hey, uh, my name is Cody King, and I am the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we are a church, uh, Calvary Chapel Church, here in the Commerce City area. We are located uh, just about uh, two miles east of Highway 2 off of 104th Avenue. Uh, we hold services at uh, a school here locally. It's called Landmark Academy, uh, which is in the Reunion area. And uh, we've got some, one Sunday morning service. Starts at 10 a.m., and I'd love to have you join us. If you've never been to church, then I'd love to have you come. I'd love to be able to meet you. love to be able to talk to you, uh, introduce you to some people, and uh, introduce you to what church is all about. Um, also, maybe you're looking for a church. Uh, we'd love to have you join us, check it out, and, uh, and visit as well. Or maybe if uh, you're, you know, you're not from here, you're not from around, but you're going to be passing through, you're going to be stopping by. Um, we'd love to, for you to visit us and just to, to say hi and uh, to let us know where you heard us from. Uh, so we're currently at Redemption. We're studying through the Ten Commandments. That's our current series. Typically, we go through books of the Bible, um, and we're right in between a couple of different uh, studies that we're going to be that we just finished one up, and we're going to start another one through another book of the Bible. Uh, and we decided that it would be a good idea to go through the Ten Commandments. And man, I just want to tell you, it has been powerful. It's been a powerful thing to study through the Ten Commandments and to see take each one of them individually and take a look at them and uh, see what God has for us uh, to say to us and to speak to us through that. And so um, I want to encourage you, if you want to check out 
maybe directions to the church, messages, listen to messages, or more information about uh, our church, you can check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. And you can also listen to our radio program right here on Grace FM. It's called Redemption Radio. It airs weeknights at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Uh, we're currently studying. We're finishing up the book of First Timothy on the radio there. Hey, give me a call. I'd love to be able to talk to you. The number is 303-690-3000. Or you can also send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Hey, one of the things uh, that I just want to encourage you with, maybe you are a regular listener and you, you, know, you just kind of dial in and uh, tune in uh, on a daily basis, or maybe you happen to drive or commute during this time. And so you just tune in and listen to some things that are going on. I want to encourage you, take, a t- take some time, maybe not now if you're driving, but take some time to take this number and store it in your phone as a contact. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I always come up with questions or thoughts about stuff outside of some designated times. Like if I'm sitting with a group of people and someone says, do you have any questions? I'm typically the guy with the blank stare on my face like, uh, nope, I don't have anything going on. Uh, I'm not sure you did a good job talking, so I'm good. Uh, but then later on, as I'm thinking about it, that's when the questions come. That's when the thoughts come. And so uh, maybe you're like me and this would help you. Uh, take some time, store the number, and that way when the question comes to mind, you can write it down and be ready to, to call in or text in. So here's the number again. To call, it's 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can also send in a text message at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Also, just as a reminder, that text line, uh, nobody's answering that phone. That's purely for text messages. Um, and so if you s- uh, call that number, nobody's going to answer. Uh, but you can send in text messages, and we'd love to be able to connect with you that way. Hey, one of the things that I am really passionate about, the one of the things that really drives who I am and what I do, and, and even a lot of uh, how we function as a church here in Commerce City, the Redemption Calvary, is the idea of uh, biblical literacy and biblical obedience. In fact, that's that's kind of our, our thing. That's what we uh, put up as uh, our mission, that we, we exist to bring people closer to Jesus by increasing biblical literacy and biblical obedience. And Along those lines, one of the things that is primarily uh, necessary and a just a thing that's at the top of the list of stuff that matters is knowing the Bible, right? Biblical literacy. And the way that you're going to know the Bible is through something that is called expository preaching and teaching. Um, there are lots of ways that people teach and preach the Bible, um, and some of them include you know, referencing the Bible sparsely and moving on to whatever they want to talk about. Uh, maybe even just you know some smatterings of verses uh, among an inspirational talk, uh, or even you know the idea of uh, maybe a topical message or or a message about a certain text of the Bible, um, and those have their places. You know the ideas of a topic or just a text of scripture or something like that, um, and and uh, they can be used of the Lord. But I would argue that the the vast majority of the teaching that you need that's going to nourish your soul is going to be in an expository fashion. So what do I mean when I say that? 
expository. Well, the word expository, it literally comes from the idea of to expose. That's that's why there are similar words there. Um, and what we're looking to do when we approach the Bible from an expository fashion is we're looking to expose what the Bible says. If if someone is standing in front of you or sitting in your small group and they're they're teaching something and your thought is, man, that was magic. How did they do that? then they're probably doing it wrong. Um, it, it should be that as they open the Bible and they read it to you and talk about it, that you clearly see that what they're saying it says is what it says. The dots should be connected in your mind, and it should be very clear for you to, to see that. And so uh, we don't want to treat the, the Bible in some sort of magic code book kind of a way. Uh, we want to be very careful not to try to impose our thoughts into the Bible and say, this is what I think it should say, or this is the culture that I'm in, and so I'm going to shove that into the Bible. Instead, what we want to do is we want to take care, take great care to be sure to say, I my job is to simply uh, say what the Bible says. And if, if you're uh, in a church that does that, then you have a tremendous gift. You have something that is special and unique and amazing. And I just want to encourage you to uh, to be a part of what's going on there in that church and to encourage your pastor. And maybe you're a pastor and you're struggling with this. Maybe you're wondering, what should I do? I mean, I see these other guys in this other church and they're, you know, they're not teaching that way. And they've got so many more people coming over to their thing and they're doing all these gimmicks and whatever. I just want to encourage you, don't worry about that. If they're doing that, let them, they stand or fall before the Lord. Uh, but you teach the Bible. You open the Bible and faithfully nourish God's people. Um, be given to that. And uh, I promise you, you will not uh, be wasting your time and you will see people transformed in their lives in ways that you could never do on your own. Because, you know, really, we don't need more advice on how to be a good this, that, or the other. Five ways to a better life or any of that nonsense. Because you don't need my opinions. You need you need what the Bible says. Um, and I know that about you because I know that about me, uh, because we are, we're people. And so, uh, that's, that's what we need. Well, toward that end, because my, I'm so passionate about this. I'm just so excited and amped up about, uh, expository preaching and teaching. One of the things that I've had the great privilege to become a part of is something called the Expositors Collective. And what the Expositors Collective is, is it's a uh, training weekend. It's a growing network of pastors and leaders and lay people that exist to equip and encourage and mentor the next generation of Christ-centered preachers. What, what we you know, what we do through the Expositors Collective is provide resources through a weekly podcast and also a two-day intentional training seminar. And uh, so this is really uh, aimed at it and targeted to say, let's let's raise up another generation of faithful Bible preachers and teachers. Um, so the way that these th this works is the podcast is available to anybody. And so if you are someone who listens to podcasts or you're interested in the idea of this Expositors Collective, check out Expositors Collective on whatever podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, but also, if you are between the ages of 18 and 34, and you're a man or a woman, uh, either, either one, then I want to invite you and really encourage you to jump in on 
uh, one of these training weekends. The next one that's coming up is taking place next weekend, February 21st through the 22nd at Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas. And so typically you can find pretty uh, inexpensive flights to Las Vegas. And I just want to encourage you, jump on a plane, get to Vegas. I'll see you there. And it's going to be an amazing time of diving into the things of the Lord as we experience uh, what it is to grow in this expository preaching and teaching. Uh, For me, I've been teaching the Bible for over 20 years. And uh, as I look back, there are so many things that I had to learn by trial and error And uh, the Expositors Collective addresses nearly all of the landmines that I stepped on and the stuff I did wrong and had to figure out along the way by asking somebody or reading a book or whatever, uh, you'll get all the training and equipping that you need. And maybe if you're lamenting the fact you're a little too old, you're not uh, 34 or younger, uh, check out the podcast. You'll love it. It, You'll you'll get all the great content and uh, get to experience it as well. So, hey, again, my name's Cody King. I'm here taking your Questions and prayer requests, give me a call, 303-690-3000. And you can also send in a text message at uh, 720-336-0897. All right, so let's go to line two and Dwayne in Pennsylvania. Dwayne, you are on Calvary Live. Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How about you? Hanging in there. I mean, uh trying to get to the point here is um i called in yesterday so this is like kind of part two and just a little recap is back in 2005 i had a car fall on me working someplace and then in 2008 I had another injury at the workplace that's two workman's comps and then along the way until now a couple other accidents and stuff like that but last year in july um somebody like pulled out in front of me and it was going to be a head-on crash but I was able to see that and turned it. And then dude didn't have insurance and it just and then he, he had a newer vehicle than mine, but uh anyway, the the here and now is he didn't have insurance. And when wow. it came to trying to work things out, um, it just was a fight and argument and I finally had to just file a lawsuit and today was the the hearing at the district justice place and I was just like <laughs> I mean, I got to get a win somewhere because from workman's comp and stuff and then injuries along the way, it was hard for me to get work. Mm-hmm. And because um, all I ever did was labor work. Sure. I can't do that anymore. And, uh, and any, none of the temp agencies that I've went to anyway is, well, you can you don't have any work experience in there. I was like, well, can't you uh, find somebody that's willing to train me to so I could, maybe some kind of office work or taking mail to different floors in an office building or something like that. And, oh, no, we don't do that. You know, so, you know, I'm in a rock and hard place because plus yeah. I was denied disability and I I don't know what to do. All my options get messed up. But the big yeah. thing is about this, uh, this hearing that I had today. And then I have a question and that question was with those injuries that I talked about and I ended up, um, well, I'm, for all intents and purposes, homeless, and because uh, I lost all my stuff because of lack of work and and stuff like that over the years. And I went to a certain church when I was like, I understand you. I wasn't expecting them to give me a blanket check to, so I'll, I'll be in the, you know, get rid of, I'll be debt free. 
but I was hoping, you know, to buy a little bit of time with uh, my lot rent because I owned the trailer. And then I was like, whatever behind in the lot rent, you know, it's, it's water under the bridge now. But the church actually, it's like, not only sat down and like talked to me and I understand and you want to get a feel for people, but it was then, then, then they go, it's like, well, our bathrooms need clean. You can go ahead and clean them. And I said, uh, when I told him the situation about all my injuries in my back and messed up disc and a bulging end plate and some stuff with my neck, and I was like, uh, it's like labor work. I got to bend over and stuff like that. It's going to cause me to be in pain. Really? Uh, I mean, I just walked out because I was offended. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you're definitely in a, a difficult situation for sure, and you know, um, the, the hard thing that you've described is, you know, uh, that you have a history of being able to use your hands to do work. And now because of injuries, that's, that's no longer available. So now, now what do I do? You know, what, what am I going to, uh, give my time and attention to? And, you know, if there's anything, I think first and foremost, it's to go to prayer. That That's the, the primary thing I think that's important. So I definitely want to pray with you and pray for you because um, God is able to do things that we aren't able to do. Um, and he's able to uh, cause us to uh, experience things uh, and provide for us in ways that we didn't see coming. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's part of it. And then the other thing is, you know, and one of the things I want to pray with you for is about um, God giving you wisdom on what can I do or what skills can I learn in order to be able to, uh, you know, find some sort of work that is going to allow me to provide for myself, but not have to use my body physically, you know, how can I do something that's more uh, of a mental kind of a work or some sort of skill that way. Um, and, you know, definitely, yeah, definitely hard. And, you know, um, uh, I just, uh, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you, obviously, and and just uh, know it's a difficult situation that you find yourself in. So, uh, Dwayne, let me pray for you. Okay. Father, we just uh, lift up Dwayne to you. We pray that you would encourage him. Uh, Lord, as he is going through years of trying to figure out what the next step is and what do I do and how do I make these uh, these decisions and how do I go these ways? And I, I just pray that you would lead him and direct his path, that he would uh, sense your wisdom um, coming uh, into his mind and helping him to know which direction to go, what decisions to make. And Father, I pray that you would open up for him an opportunity for uh, a new skill that maybe he hasn't learned before or an old skill that has been dormant in a, uh, for some time that, uh, Lord, you would encourage him in that and that you would lead him in that and that he'd be able to provide for himself. God, that he would have that that capacity um, and God, that you would, you would, uh, open up those doors. And so father, in the meantime, as we, as we think about right here, right now, I, uh, we pray that you would make that provision and that you would come through for him in the ways that only you can and that you'd be glorified. So father be with Dwayne and, uh, uh cause his, uh, pain to, to be subsided and, uh, his ability to move forward in you to be, uh, clearly seen as the, as you light the path before him. So father, we lift him to you in your name, Jesus. Amen. I got a request. Yeah, what's that? Got to play some striper on the radio station. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to the uh, the radio manager and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. God bless you, man. 
All right. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is uh, Cody King here in studio with you to uh, answer your questions, take your prayer requests. You can call in at 303-690-3000 or send a text message, 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three and Pat in Greeley. Hi, Pat. You're on Calvary Live. Hey, how you doing, Pastor Cody? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm okay. I had a quick question for you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I was reading some uh, commentaries, uh, which I know sometimes can be dangerous, uh, <laughs> and they were talking about the fact that when uh, Jesus uh, looked down and s- to the disciple who loved me, he says, uh, take care of my mother and John, this and that. Uh, what I want to know is this. Some people think that instead of John, the disciple that he loved was really Lazarus, because okay. Lazarus had a home and had the means where John would have been traveling, preaching the gospel and stuff. So it, it seemed like since, um, because Jesus does refer, or or Lazarus is referred to the disciple Jesus loved as well. Did you have any, did you ever hear anything about something like that? Um, no, not particularly, but as you're talking through it, I, I think I, I have a, a thought about it. Um, essentially, the way that it's phrased is, um, you know, the, when it's talking about, uh, in the gospel of John Lazarus, uh, the argument is from his sisters in that he's died and they say, he's the one you love. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily attribute the concept of, uh, the title disciple, as far as I can remember, uh, in that, in that section. Um, but that's kind of neither here nor there. The, the thing that I would focus on, uh, more directly is to say that, consistently throughout the gospel of John, um, he's never named. Even when you look at in the beginning, when it talks about the the person, John, it's John the Baptist or John the baptizer, however you want to say it. Uh, it's not John, the apostle, John, the disciple, he never names himself. Um, and so in that, uh, what I would say is it, it seems to be consistent with the writing style that John doesn't name himself, but he, but he does name Lazarus. If, if that was Jesus saying to Lazarus on, you know, from the cross to take care of his mother, uh, then it would have, it would have made more sense per the writing style and the uh, previous naming of Lazarus, just to say Lazarus. But the fact that it's the unnamed disciple who John, who got, who Jesus loves, uh, that's why it points to the idea of, uh, of John. Cause he's never, he's never named throughout the entire, uh, gospel of John. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you're, sometimes you're, you're searching and you read these commentaries and you got to be really careful with commentaries. They're so dangerous sometimes yeah. that they can lead you down a wrong path. For sure. Yeah, I think that being able to have the discernment to know what matters and what doesn't is really important, like you said, because um, uh, sometimes what people do in commentaries is they reach too far with speculation. Um, and I think yeah. it's important for us to be okay with just saying stuff like, I'm not sure, or I don't know about that. Um, because there are things in scripture that are, they're not really clear for us. And, and to, to reach really far with speculation puts us in shaky ground. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Ed Tellis, uh, one of his shows, he, he said, where the Bible is silent, we should be silent. Yeah. Reading into the Amen. scripture 
what we want it to mean can be really shaky. Yep, real dangerous, and that's where you get all sorts of craziness. Mm. Awesome, well, thank Pat. Thank you. I appreciate your response, and uh, you have a blessed day. Yeah, you as well. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King here in studio, taking your calls and your prayer requests. Give me a call at uh, 303-690-3000. We've got a couple of open lines so you can sneak in. Uh, or you can text in at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one and Jerry in New Jersey. Jerry, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Pastor Cody. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I had a question um, about Job. If okay. you could tell me when was the setting in the timeline that that book was written. Yeah, that's and a really good question. And I also was wondering, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but I, yeah. I thought I see I'm blind, so I really can't. I'm reading, I have a Braille, but I okay. can't really like go and do research on it. But yeah. I like to come just, I'm into reading this book, and I was just kind of curious, but I had heard once I thought that this was one of the oldest books before the rest of the books or yeah job yeah the yes. the thing of it is is that it's it could be one of the earliest books written in the bible and that's kind of one of the things that's difficult about you know when we are reading through the bible it's organized not in terms of chronology and that's hard for our western mind because everything about the way we think and we organize stuff and even the way we tell stories all of it has to do with chronology um, and an Eastern mind isn't so much concerned with chronology as much as they are with genre. And so that's why when you look through your Old Testament, it's organized by the law, which is the first five books. And then there's 11, I think, books that are the history books. And then you've got some of them that I think it's about four or five or so that are the uh, books that have to deal with um, poetry. And then you have the major prophets and the minor prophets. And so um, as you're reading through, there's times when you're you're reading and you're, you're thinking, didn't I already read this? Or isn't this timeline all crazy? And the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> that, that's true. That's, it's going to feel that way because we come at it with a, a Western mind. Uh, in fact, at a church just a couple of weeks ago, we finished up the book of Nehemiah. And one of the things that coincides with Nehemiah are some of the themes in the book of Malachi. And so some, uh, some theologians think that uh, uh, right around the end of the book of, of Nehemiah, Malachi was on the scene in Jerusalem, and that's when his prophecies are, are coming out. And so, you know, you have the very last book of the Old Testament mixed in with something that's, you know, toward the very middle of the Old Testament, and so that can get confusing. But to answer your question directly about Job, the, the direct answer is we don't know. Uh, there's nothing oh, okay. that is extremely precise that tells us exactly when, um, but because of uh, some of the, um, you know, the themes and things that are said uh, and the way that it, it flows, uh, the, you know, the writing style of it and um, the, the stuff that is, is sort of absent uh, as well refers to the fact that it's probably one of the oldest books written. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you're I so love welcome. The show. Awesome. And God That's bless great. you. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling in, Jerry. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is uh, Cody King here in studio, uh, ready to take your calls and your prayer requests. It's truly a privilege to be able to be with you here today. we got a couple of minutes to break, and so I just want to um, encourage you to uh, be, be of the mind that says, I want to 
pursue the things of the Lord in what his word actually says. And, and I, I sort of get that feeling that that's who you are because you're listening in. Uh, the, the fact that you're even thinking about the things of God and willing to turn your radio to or the app or whatever to this station to, to listen in on people talking about Scripture, people talking about the things of God. Uh, maybe you're curious about the things of the Lord and you're not really sure about it. Um, I just want to encourage you with this thought. that The Bible tells us that Jesus is God who put on flesh, that, that God stepped into human history in order to be a man that is that he didn't leave his deity behind it's not like some sort of you know uh, greek mythology jesus isn't thor but jesus retains his deity and comes to earth as man lives perfectly completely fulfills all of the law like no one else could and dies in your place on the cross and i just want to encourage you if you've never considered that thought if you've never placed your faith in jesus today's the day cry out to him, ask him to save you, and he will. Hey, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be back right after this break. I'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live. Thanks for uh, tuning in. It's great to be able to be with you today. My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today to answer your questions, to take your prayer requests, and it's truly a privilege to be able to be with you today. Hey, we're going to go to line two now, and uh, Barrett from uh, Virginia, he's got a question for us. Barrett, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Cody. How are you, brother? Hey, doing well, Barrett. How are you? I'm great, man. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, for those of you uh, just listening in, uh, I actually I know Barrett. Um, I'm obviously living in Denver. He's in Virginia, but we were uh, at the same church in California a number of years ago, and so it's great to hear from you. How's it going? It is going great. I'm getting ready to retire uh, June 4th, and I am actually flying out to Texas in the morning with my daughter um, to be with my parents for a few days. And I have a job interview on Monday morning um, right. to serve as a JROTC instructor at a, a local high school there. In uh, Texas? Yes, sir. Brenham, okay. Texas. All right. Very cool. Right on, man. Well, uh, be a great opportunity. Hope the Lord opens the door for you, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we're fully relying on God with this one, man. There's, there's nothing more than we can do. Um, I've prepared as much as a man can prepare. Now it's all up to God to, to open the door and for me to walk through. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, let's pray together. Amen. Father, I thank you for Barrett. Thank you for uh, just having him call in today. It's great to hear his voice, to be able to talk to him. And uh, I just thank you for his faithfulness to you and desire to pursue you. Um, and to place you first in everything in his life. And, and as he now finishes up a 20-year career in the Marine Corps, I just pray that you would bless him uh, and encourage him in it as he transitions uh, into more of a civilian life, and, and God, that you'd help him with all of those transitions. Um, Father, thank you that you've brought to him this uh, this interview and this job opportunity, and we pray that you would open the doors to what you want to have happen. 
um, that you would give him the wisdom to be able to interview very well. And I pray for him the same thing I would pray for me. God, help him to interview so well that if he doesn't get the job, he knows it's because he didn't, he did a, if he doesn't get the job, it's not because he did a bad job in the interview, that it's just your will. Uh, and so God, we know that you're his provider. We know that you're the one leading and directing him and his family. And we ask that you would uh, go before him in all this and that we'd be able to celebrate with what you provide. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, awesome. Thanks, brother. Th- yeah, bro. Thanks for calling in. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Give my love to Micah and the kids. Amen. We'll do. All right. Hey, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. It's uh, great to be able to talk with you today and to uh, answer your calls and prayer requests. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, or you can send in a text at 720-336-0897. Hey, we got a uh, text here. Uh, It is from Benita in Colorado Springs. Hey, Benita, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for texting in. I've been praying for you and uh, your husband. Uh, while he's been deployed. And your text here says uh, that you are asking for prayer for Mark as he's back from Iraq and now seeking employment in Colorado. So uh, Colorado Springs. And so really excited about that. Glad that he's back and just pray that things are able to go smoothly with you guys. Let's pray for you as well. Very similar to Barrett's prayer. Father, we pray today for Benita and Mark that God, you would bless their marriage, that you would encourage them, that Lord, you would be at the center of everything that they do uh, and that they would honor you with their whole heart uh, for their whole life. And in that, God, as Mark is looking for work, we pray that you would open the doors for him. Just guide and direct his path. Help him to know which steps to go through, which doors uh, that you're opening and which things you're closing. Father, I pray that you would give them the wisdom to take steps of faith, encourage, but not force things open, and that you would provide and that you would be glorified. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Benita. Thanks for texting in. It was great to hear from you. All right, let's go to line one now and Anne-Marie in Maryland. Anne-Marie, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Hello. Sorry. Oh, good. I'm, I'm doing really well. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So do you, did you have a question today? I do, yes. I've um, been going to this church for a while now, and I've learned and grown a lot from a lot of people there, but... Lately, I've been struggling with a foundational doctrinal issue that I believe the Church upholds, and if there's a foundational doctrinal issue, then obviously that would be a reason to decide, you know, whether to continue going or not, and I'm struggling with figuring out what camp I fall into in terms of (laughs) which side. So my question is, um, do you believe that people are saved at the moment of when they're physically baptized, or does salvation come prior to baptism with a, with a heart shift, and then baptism follows as like a sign, an outward sign of, of that repentant heart? Yeah, really great question. I think that the way you articulated the question was was perfect because it helps me to know what you know. And essentially you were able to, to clearly articulate both sides of the, right. the issue. Um, so I have, 
I got a lot of things running through my head right now, and I'm going to try to keep them all in order and uh, try to ex- try to say this. So if I go too quickly, or if I if you want to talk more about something, then slow me down or let me know. Um, so essentially, where I stand on this, and the reason I stand this way on this is because I believe it's exactly clearly what the Bible teaches. I don't think that there's any any way that you can dispute biblically about this. This is one of those issues that's very, very clear. Uh, The way I stand on this is that you do not need to be baptized in order to be saved. That salvation happens prior to baptism. Uh, And I'm going to give you some scripture as to why I believe that. Um, and, uh, And the issue of baptism is essentially, just like what you said, it's an outward expression of an inward change. Um, really, you know, when, when you think about baptism, the whole thing um, in uh, Romans chapter 6, it talks about the idea of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and how baptism is a symbol of that. And so it's this idea of identifying me personally when I'm baptized, I'm identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is the whole point of laying under the water and coming back out of the water. Um, And so it's all an identification kind of a thing. Um, So some scriptures that come to mind as well, not just in in Romans 6, but also, um, you know, when Jesus is dying on the cross and uh, he's hanging there and he's hanging between two thieves, um, one of them uh, stops mocking Jesus because they both initially were mocking Jesus. One of them realizes that Jesus is who he says he is and uh, asks Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. Now, that's kind of a weird idea because they're all hanging there dying on the cross. So what is this guy doing? Well, he's professing faith in Jesus as God and King. And so when he does this, Jesus didn't say, um, hey, you know, I'm sorry, we can't get off of these crosses and find a pool of water. Uh, Really stinks to be you right now. No, Jesus assured him today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And so there's this assurance of faith that comes in uh, to this guy when he's there hanging on the cross with Jesus. Also, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle actually says, I thank God I baptized none of you. Does that sound like something that the Apostle would say if he believed baptism was essential to salvation? I, I, I have a really hard time thinking that Paul would be thanking God for not baptizing people. Uh, his whole point was, to preach the gospel. And that's where you get the rest of what he says there through uh, chapter one and the beginning of chapter two of first Corinthians. The whole point is Paul preached the gospel because the the gospel preached is where salvation happens. Now, I guess that raises a second question. If uh, baptism isn't necessary or required for salvation, then where does it fit? And I would say it's required for obedience. Um, It doesn't it's like this. Baptism doesn't cause you to become a child of God, but it's proof that you are a child of God, if that makes any sense. Um, and so that's really kind of encapsulating uh, some of those thoughts around around baptism. The, does that answer your question, or does that bring up more questions? No, no, it, it absolutely answers my question. I, um, you know, it's very clear which it's very clear that you are very clear on what you believe and what the Bible says. It's just very interesting to me because I've spoken to many people who have given me the same response and very clearly 
very sincerely believe the exact opposite, and that the Bible, like in Acts 2 and in First Peter, um, when it talks about, like, repent and be baptized, and no. then you will receive the Holy no. Spirit, who will very clearly seem to think there's, like, a very linear step, step, step mm-hmm. um, kind of process. Yeah. Um, well, so let me ask you this question, just to kind of clarify some huh. of it. Um, in in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 8, it says, "You're By grace you're saved, not of works, lest anyone could boast. Would you place baptism in the category of works? I personally... I personally would say that it is a work, um, but I've also heard many people express it as synonymous to faith, as in it's the same thing. Like an expression of faith. As faith. Mm-hmm. No, as um Oh as it is faith. like it it is it is synonymous to faith. Yeah. Um, I would sharply disagree with anybody who said that. And I would I would say they're actually verging or or kind of getting off onto like something that's false doctrine and even heading down the road of heresy. And, and the reason is because the Bible is very clear that your salvation is Jesus plus nothing. Um, and so once we add anything, it doesn't have to be a large work. It could be, you know, Jesus plus buying white tennis shoes. Um, it could be Jesus plus, uh, you know, making sure that you have a certain haircut. Um, and so as soon as we do that, it's Jesus plus baptism. Now we've added something to the gospel that the Bible doesn't add. Now, are there verse, verses that say, you know, be baptized and you'll be saved, or these, pe- these people, they all uh, uh, receive the Lord and were baptized? Absolutely. But here's something that's really important to consider. Genres of Scripture matter in interpretation. What, what I mean by that is the book of Acts is an historical book. It's telling the history of what did take place. There are some things in it that are written for the purpose of doctrine, but the point isn't doctrine. The point isn't teaching. The point is telling what did happen. And so um, we've got to be careful not to pull out history of stuff that took place and say, now this is the way that it should be. Whenever we're developing a New Testament theology, it's very vital that we run it through uh, three different tests. One is, did Jesus teach it? The second one is, did the apostles model it? And then the third one is, did the apostles teach it? Um, and what I would say in terms of baptism and the necessity for salvation, it fails those tests. It, it doesn't, yes, there were some that were baptized and you can kind of, with the one where, did, was it modeled? Sort of, yeah, they baptized people, but uh, it isn't taught as a prerequisite for salvation, either by the apostles or Jesus. Okay, so it helps to um, just really try to read and interpret things personally on a more holistic level rather than rather than just sort of individually pulling things or certain scriptures out out yeah, of context. Absolutely. You can you can take a scripture and make it mean whatever you want. And that's where the entire Mormon um, heresy comes from. That they took, they take mm-hmm. some scriptures and they make up an entire religion that's leading people astray daily into damnation, away from Jesus, mm-hmm. by taking scripture out of context and making up 
uh, an entire religion. So yeah, you got to be really careful with it. It's in, the context is very important. So can I ask you this? Um, sure. Do you think? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is received at at baptism, or I guess at a moment when you are saved, or is that sort of like? praying Jesus into your heart. Like, what's the difference between that, where, like, that's the other extreme. I feel like this is one extreme of of the salvation comes through the water, and when you come Uh up, you're part of the But the other extreme is, like, is, okay, so now I'm praying Jesus into my heart, but, like, what is, I guess I'm just, trying to understand is is, the, is it really just inexpressible like are some of these things just <laughs> you just can't I think really, that like Jesus says I don't know <laughs> yeah no I, th- I I think it's it's great that you're wrestling through this and trying to think through it so here's here's where it's it becomes um I don't know tricky maybe is the right word or difficult to to grasp sometimes is the right word for that but but here's the thing there are things that are mysterious about all of this because it's dealing in the spiritual realm that we can't really see. And so we're left trying to figure out how does this actually work and what does what takes place and we try to think in very linear terms. This then this then this and that's not necessarily the way that God works all the time. In fact, all throughout the Bible, you're going to find things that seem to be saying the exact opposite of each other. Um, and God infuses this tension into the scriptures where, you know, we're, we're told uh, to, um, to live as sojourners or pilgrims in this world and uh, to, to be disconnected from the world. And yet um, we're also told, uh, Paul says, I became all things to all men. Well, which one is it? It's both. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Um, and so there are lots of those kind of tensions throughout the scriptures. Um, and so it's it's good to wrestle over these things. And there is some mystery involved with some of it. But to try to answer your question on the idea of the Holy Spirit and when is the Holy Spirit received, uh, in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. It's, and it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So timeline in terms of where Jesus is at in all of this, this is after the resurrection. This is when Jesus is miraculously appearing to his disciples and he shows up and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. It's at this point, now that Jesus is raised from the dead, that they are able to become saved. Prior to this, they weren't. It wasn't possible to be saved because Jesus hadn't died on the cross to pay for sin and raised from the dead to secure our eternal salvation. And so that's required. Now, moving further into this, now Jesus has raised from the dead. He tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. And now they are, um, now they, they are in the kingdom of God that, that through faith you receive the Holy Spirit. And, uh, first Corinthians chapter six talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, your question is really tied to when, when did that happen? Well, Interestingly, you know, on my Bible, on the same page, um, Acts chapter 1 comes, and it says there um, that Jesus says to uh, his disciples in verse 4, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but... You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
And then Jesus goes on to talk about uh, how the Holy Spirit is that, that power supply. So these are two distinct conversations, two distinct moments that are separate from one another. In one, Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so this is when, when you profess faith, genuine faith in Jesus as the one who died for your sin and rose from the dead. Then, you're a, then you receive the Holy Spirit. He indwells you. You are born again. Um, now, what Jesus is talking about in Acts chapter 1 is something different. It's not receiving the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, so this is a whole nother subject uh, that kind of goes down a totally different rabbit trail. Um, but essentially, um, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he speaks about the Holy Spirit with three prepositions. Um, the, he talks about the Holy Spirit being with everybody. He talks about the Holy Spirit being in believers. And you can look at this in, I want to say it's John chapter 14, maybe chapter 16. Um, and uh, that, that's where Jesus talks about that. And then here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. These prepositions are very different in terms of how the Holy Spirit interacts with people. He's with everybody, convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But he's not in non-believers. He's in believers. And when you get saved, he indwells you. And then thirdly, there's something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whereby he comes upon you to uh, give you gifting and commissioning for purpose of ministry and uh, the purpose he has for your life. And so the, that's kind of... It's kind of a crash course on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm glad I have my little notepad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it is it is kind of a lot. Um, if you email me, um, I will. I, I did. I taught through the Gospel of John, and I taught through uh -huh. also. Uh, I did a series on the Holy Spirit. Um, and if okay. you if you'd like me to, I can send you those uh, messages, and then you can watch them or listen to them uh, when you have time and kind of get some of those, some more of those thoughts. I would absolutely love that. Great. My Thank email address you. is very simple. Okay. Cody at redemptioncalvary.org. Is it C-O-D-Y? Correct. Yep. And make sure it's .org, O-R-G. Right. Got it. Awesome. Got it. Thank you so much, right, Cody. Thank you. Yep. God bless you. Have a good day. I really appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. You. All right. See ya. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, Cody King here in studio, taking your calls, answering your prayer requests. Hey, I got a uh, text that uh, from someone that I wanted to uh, answer their question here. Um, uh, they're asking about the Antichrist in the book of Daniel and how the Antichrist, uh, it's said that the Antichrist will not have the desire of women. And what is that interpretation? What does that mean? Let me, I actually taught through the book of Daniel not too long ago. And so um, uh, I, I want to tackle that one here just real quickly. Let me try to find where that's at. I, I believe it is in Daniel chapter eight, perhaps. Um, let me see. Uh, trying to find where it's at here. Uh, essentially, what this is, when it's talking about not having the desire of women, um, this is actually Jewish, a Jewish idiom. Um, and what it's referring to, uh, it's actually Daniel chapter 11, uh, verse 37. It says this, He shall regard uh, neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God... Um, 
for he shall exalt himself above them all. So what this is, it's two Hebrew idioms, and they both have to do with rejecting the one true and living God in order to establish himself in his glory to take the place of God. The first one is the God of his fathers in that in that verse there. And what this speaks of is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And secondly, this idea of the desire of women, some people say that, oh, this means that the you know Antichrist is going to be homosexual and he's not going to dig chicks or, or whatever. And that has nothing to do with this. So this Jewish idiom, what it is, the desire of women, what it speaks of is the common um, desire for women knowing that the Messiah was going to come and their desire was to be blessed with the one uh, that is prophesied of in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, um, to, to be that specific woman. Um, and so it's the desire, it was the desire of all Jewish women to be that one who God would choose uh, with the blessing of being the mother of the Messiah. So, you know, that really has nothing to do with, um, you know, the Antichrist. Could the Antichrist be a homosexual? Sure. Um, but that's not what that verse is talking about. So hope that answers your question there for you. Hey, we got a couple more minutes left. Let's go to Melissa on uh, line two in Denver. Melissa, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Um, I'm doing fine, Pastor. Um, I'm actually calling for a prayer request. Um, recently my sister backslided and her and her husband, and he went back into devil worshiping. He worships the Santa Morte and he got her back on drugs and all kinds of stuff. And I just want her to get back into church. And Mm I, I don't know, I don't know what to do for her. Mm -hmm. So if you could maybe give me some advice. Yeah, absolutely. It's very difficult, very, very hard. And, and I, I hear the, the pain in your voice. And what I would encourage you with, Melissa, is this. Um, Romans chapter 2 says that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And so I would, pr- I would say, do this. Pray for God to do whatever it takes to get through to her and love her the best you can with the love that Jesus supplies. And really, truly, it is up to the Lord to save. And I'm if sorry. You got cut off. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, truly, it's up to the Lord to save. We can't save anybody. We can't cause their heart or mind to change on things. And, and honestly, if I can talk you into something, then you can be talked out of it. And so when salvation comes into somebody's life, it's a work that the Holy Spirit does. And so uh, I would just encourage you, do, do what you can to love her. Um, with the love that Jesus gives to you, um, and uh, be open for him to uh, stir you up to say certain things. Ask for his wisdom on what to say and, and how, to, how to talk to her about stuff, because really this isn't an issue of she just needs different information. Uh, it's the issue of uh, is she going to, is she going to believe what she, she knows about the Lord, or is she going to abandon the Lord? And so let's pray for you and pray for her. Father, we pray for Melissa that you would bless her, God, as she is um, crying out to you even now in desperation for her sister and uncertain about what to do in uh, in her sister's situation, that uh, her sister and her sister's husband are proclaiming to be devil worshipers, and we know that that really is the tactic of the enemy, is to get uh, your the people you created apart from you, 
going after other things. And so, God, we pray that you would intervene in her life and in this man's life. We pray that you would interrupt the flow of their life and disrupt all of the things that they're trying to do, and that your Holy Spirit would be working in their lives in massive and powerful ways. And and we pray this confidently, knowing that this is who you are. This is what you're already doing. And so, God, we pray not in order to try to tell you what to do, but just to say, God, we want to see it and we want to be a part of it. And so we pray that Melissa would have the wisdom to know when to speak, would have the wisdom to know how to love with your love, and knowing that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so, God, would you bring her sister to the end of herself by whatever means you believe are necessary, God, and would you bring her into salvation that she might abandon uh, this false worship and bring her life to you. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Melissa. Thanks for calling in today. Uh You too. Bye-bye. God bless you. All right. So today uh, we got a couple of minutes left here in the show, and it's just been such a privilege to be able to be with you today. Um, Hey, I just want to remind you of something that uh, we talked about at the top of the show, the Expositors Collective. It's for men and women 18 to 34 years old to be trained and equipped on how to teach the Bible properly. If you are someone or you know someone who needs that training, the next training weekend is happening next Saturday, uh, next Friday and Saturday, uh, February 21st and 22nd. Um, in Las Vegas, Nevada at Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas. Go to expositorscollective.com to register and get information. I'd love to see you there. Uh, My name's Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. We have Sunday services at Landmark Academy and Reunion, which is here in Commerce City off of 104th, about two miles east of Highway 2. We got one Sunday service at 10 a.m., and I'd love to see you there. Check out our website, redemptioncalvary.org, for messages, directions, and information about the church. Also, you can listen to our radio program right here on Grace FM. Hey, it's been a pleasure to be with you today. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.